Hey, everybody, when you hear that music, you know it's time for On the Lighter Side of Baseball, and I'm coming to you live for the final time, at least in July, in Land Lakes, Wisconsin, where it is a beautiful day and where the rest of the country is getting some hot weather. It is cool here in the northern part of Wisconsin. Yeah, played a little golf, going out on the lake to try to watch the comet tonight, and before I do, before I do, I want to tell you that we have a great podcast today. We are getting close to baseball. We're a week away, and we have Dwayne Stats on the show. He'll be joining us soon. He's wrapping up a few other bits of business, but when he's completed that, he is going to do me the honor and the thrill of once again being on the lighter side of baseball on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, and looking forward to Papakino's opening up in Overland Park, Kansas. Yes, sir. That is going to be some fine piece. I guarantee it'll be the best Papakino's of the entire franchise name. And uh, my good buddy Chris, he's going to be not only making euros in one part of town, but he's going to be cooking up some mean pies in another part of town. And we are excited for that opening to take place because we're going to be podcasting live from, you guessed it, Papakinos. So we're excited about that. We're excited about Dwayne Stats. We're excited about baseball starting. The Cubs, man, nobody's picking the Cubs to do anything at all. The Padres are getting some attention. My good buddy out in San Diego, he likes to listen to the podcast, and I got to tell him uh, it's going to be nice. DH, Will Meyer could be the DH there. And uh, things are looking up for the Pods. Things are looking up for the Rays. Things are looking up for the Jays and the A's, everybody that rhymes with Bays. Bays, English muffins. Again, great product, not a sponsor. So here we are, one week before the doubleheader kicks off on the 23rd. And I think uh, i got four teams playing. I know the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Dodgers, and the Astros. I think those are the four teams. The over-under is six on the number of Astros that get beamed, and uh, we'll see how that goes. I'm taking the under. I don't think it'll be that many. Everybody's kissing and making up during this horrible time in our nation's history, but uh, we're hoping that good times are soon to follow, that uh, the COVID crisis will die out due to a successful vaccine, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Anyway, that is the... uh, the thought of what we're going to do today, we're going to talk to Dwayne about uh, all the good things that are going on in Tampa Bay, and we will be back after a brief timeout. This is where our sponsors would sell some of their products, but we don't have any. So we're going to put you on hold. We're going to play some good music, and when we come back, we're going to have Dwayne Stats on the podcast, and that is always fun. So we will talk to you soon on the lighter side of baseball. Jamie Rutsky, thanks for listening. Hey, everybody, it is time for On the Lighter Side of Baseball. When you hear that great music, usually we have a little baseball going on, and we are getting close to baseball. But before we do, we're lucky to have in his warm-up, his batting practice, is getting ready for the season, the voice of the Tampa Bay Rays, 
one of my good friends and my favorite broadcasters in American history, Dwayne Stats. How are you doing, buddy? Jamie, great to see you. You know, I, I, I know what it's like, you know, to spend like half the season on the disabled list, and then they go, okay, you're ready to come off. Let's go. I'm yeah. going, hey, what do we do and which way do we go? Uh, you know, when I hit the ball, do I run to first or third? What am I supposed to do? So that's kind of where I am now. i got to reacclimate myself from uh, being sequestered here. So we're like a week away. What's the first thing you grab for comfort, knowing that you're going to get right back onto the uh, onto the broadcast booth, playing uh, you know big time baseball for 60 games, and you're going to have to you're going to have to deliver. What what do you go for? What does Dwayne Stats find comfort in at the beginning as he's getting ready for the game? Oh wow. Um, well, I'm trying to talk him into uh, letting me wear our uniform, which is usually uh, a white shirt with blue jeans and boots. <laughs> you and, had me, uh, you, you had me nervous. I thought you were gonna, I thought you were gonna don uh, sanitary hose, some stretch socks, put on the no, no, uniform. no, no. Okay. I mean, yeah, that dream died a long time ago. And I, I'm suggesting. See, the interesting thing with all of that is now. Um, during the regular season, we would wear a tie, you know, and a white shirt, and some variation of a blue blazer. Now, I have, I have like 70 white shirts in my closet, and I have 70 ties. They're all different. And then I have like 20 different kinds of blue blazers. Yeah. So I'm going to wear a blue blazer and a different tie and a white shirt every day. There you go. And now they're suggesting that what they'd like us to do because we're going to do, you know, the home games, obviously. But on the road, we're going to be at the ballpark, but not on the road. And apparently, they're not going to have air conditioning in Tropicana Field when we're doing the road games at home. So they're suggesting – we had a production meeting the other day. and I mean, these things – for reality TV, they should televise production meetings. I'm, I'm telling you, they're as good as – you know, the guys that go around the country buying all of the junk and stuff that yeah, yeah. I've become addicted to. But anyway, <laughs> they should televise production meetings. And so now they want us to wear uh, some kind of a golf jersey or a golf shirt. And and uh, they have relax. they've come across some of the cheapest golf shirts they could find and put logos. So I suggested the other day, look. Just let us wear a white shirt. We'll we'll get a we'll get a logo print. We'll double scotch tape it, and I'm just going to stick it right here. <laughs> Nobody will know the difference. And for the uh, folks at home, he was he was yeah. sticking it around his heart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, just above board here on the lighter that's, side of baseball. That's right. Well, yeah, I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because you and I can see each other, but not exactly. Yourself. And it's it's uh, it's more fun. Being able to catch the uh, catch the moods of Dwayne Stats while we're doing this podcast, but you know, if you wore your ties by my count with a sixty-game schedule, you'd have ten ties left at the end of the year, and so you'd be in you'd be in good shape. I don't yeah. get why they're not letting you do that. Um, is it new ownership? I know that the Fox Sports has gone through some. Yeah, well, here's the other great thing. One of the, and they don't want to spend money yet on like quality shirts with quality logos because all that's going to change. Yeah. So now they're, 
and that's why I thought, you know, this was, this was an economic move on my part to go, yeah, just Xerox something and we'll double tape it on to our chest and it'll be good. Well, I'm confused when the team's on the road and you're at the trap doing the broadcast. What do, what do they, I guess they, will they have a couple of uh, cameras in the booth so they can, between innings, pan over to Dwayne and Brian and get the uh, lowdown on, on what's going on back in Baltimore? <laughs> it's going to be really interesting. You know, number one, they're limiting the number of people in the booth. So right now it will be Brian Anderson and me, maybe one other person. That would be me? It could. Come on down, yes. I'm trying. I'm begging. i got to call Reinsdorf and see if I can, like, drive him to the ballpark and go up in his suite. Yeah, I mean, they just have to take your temperature, yeah. which will be fine. And uh, go right in. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're going to put a big uh, uh, partition between us, yeah. like a plexiglass deal. Right. So VA and I don't have to breathe on each other. That's good. And and um, and then we're going to have our normal crew um, like stuck in their normal spots. You know, we have Trisha Whitaker, who's kind of roams the ballpark, but she can't do that now. Right. She's going to be like in right center field, and our pre- and post-game guys are probably going to be on their perch. They have a little perch out there to do their shows in left center. And the word is they're going to be out there, and we're going to see how it goes. And and we're going to do um, – here. we're going to make broadcast history and that we're going to televise a scrimmage uh, next week that may go six or seven innings, we're not really sure, kind of playing up by the seat of our pants, which is kind of what we do every night anyway. And um, so we're get, that's going to be, I think, Tuesday. And then I think Friday uh, is going to be a week from this coming uh, will be our, uh, you know, our first official game of the year. And uh, we're off and running for 60 games. So now – MLB Network going to carry the scrimmage, and what day is it? And uh, who's who are the starters? Yeah, we have no idea yet. I mean, you know, it could be any of uh, you know uh, forty people. Yeah, so, but it's, you think that's Monday? Because I want to. I want to tune into MLB. I think it's going to be Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, I know the the Cubs are playing exhibition games against the Brewers, and then the wrap up exhibition of the three game exhibition season is against the Twins. The Brewers, and I'm trying to get a straight answer out of our good friend Craig Kashan, who does the pregame and postgame sure. for the Brewers. And Craig and I have done um, our fair share of trying to entertain a few people that listen during the uh, COVID-19 along with you. You two guys have been great. Let me just uh, interrupt you <laughs> for a moment. It's really great that you have a legal background trying to get a straight answer out of anybody, particularly a broadcaster. Well, I really like that scenario. You know what? Kashan has pointed this out to me. I, I'll, I'll say, you know, Craig, I was listening to a podcast we did a couple of weeks ago, and I'm laughing my ass off. I think these are really great. And before, when you had your, uh, uh, I was ready a little early. You had a few things you had to do before the podcast. And I was listening to not the last one, but the one before that. And I'm like cracking up. I'm going, let's talk about Gary Puckett and the union gap. Who the hell cares about, <laughs> you know, COVID-19? And, uh, you know, I've got it in my notes to ask you if you've had any more uh, uh, time on the uh, beach with uh, anybody from the union gap. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, well, I mean, nobody remembers the, the other guys, you know. The, um, totally. You're right. and, and, here's, and, and my exposure to Gary Puckett, actually, um, I, you know, I saw him when he was playing in a small venue. Uh, I think I was with the Astros then. That's how far back it goes. Yeah. And uh, I was out there with, uh, with a writer, and we were having dinner and quenching our thirst in that hot San Diego climate drive. And, tough, um, tough joint. Yeah. Tough place so, to play. Yeah, he was playing out there. And then I didn't see him again all of these years until he moved down the street. And now I've seen him like three times. That's great. Yeah. Th- does he sing for the neighborhood? Yeah, well, here's the deal. He you know, he still tours on the, the, uh, uh, the good old guys, you know, like the, yeah, they'll have like eight or 10 different acts. And so he'll come on and he's part of that. And look, I mean, he's, he's in great shape, but I think he is hard to believe that he could be older than me, but he is. <laughs> and, and he's, you know, he's still keeping up that schedule and he, they had a schedule of like, 42 dates in 44 days and they were going all over the country. And I said, you know, this is, this is nuts. That's like minor league baseball. Yeah. So anyway, he was, yeah. So far as I know, um, he's still fine. Um, and, uh, you know, but we, uh, we, we were in a, we were in a position where we were at a friend's house and we all had dinner and, you know, and, and his, his wife, I mean, they're grandparents now, and his wife's a beautiful lady. And I, I when I first met him, I said, uh, you know, you really did marry the young girl, didn't you? <laughs> and she and looks great. Did he look at you and say, I've never heard that before? He did. He goes, you know, that's really original. I think I'm going to use that myself. <laughs> oh, man. Well, are you going to wear, not to make light of of the, the pandemic, which, which seems to be hanging on and making a comeback, but... Um, masks i guess you wear mask up into the booth and then during the broadcast you can take it off i think that's that seems to be the rules that we'll come in uh they'll uh, take our temperature you know check to see if we don't have any contraband in our in our bags of ad libs yeah. and then um, and then we do have to have a mask to get in well why do the radio guys get to go on the road and the tv guys get to go to the ballpark every day and home and away broadcast. I don't get that. I think, I think we have more leverage. I mean, mean, really, here's the deal. And and some radio guys are going and some guys are not. Right. Um, So look, and I, I mean, I'm for all these years, I'd like to think that I was a a semi-progressive, but, but really a traditionalist in the game. You know, I'm open to new ideas and about lots of things, but I do have an appreciation for the way things have been. And, um, and I think uh, a lot of the guys just want to go on the road because that's the way it's been. There's a better feel that way, you know, all of that, although it'll be interesting with no fans. Are they going to use music or noise for uh, Tampa? Well, MLB has, well, you know, we're going to crowds anyway. I mean, yeah, you've only got 9,000 people there on a good day. Did anybody ever record that? But uh, MLB apparently uh, is going to pipe crowd noise into ballparks, just what I'm hearing. And are they going to control it, or are they going to let the Astros do whatever the hell they want? 
Yeah, I know. That's really good. We'll hear a few uh, garbage can lids. And exactly. Other things in the background, you know. What music like are they pumping in? Yeah, I, I tell you what, the, um, I was trying to get a straight answer out of Kashana. Being up here in northern Wisconsin, I turned on the uh, uh, Fox Sports Midwest Brewer Station, whatever that is, on DirecTV, and heard um, their Brian Anderson and uh, Bill, God forgive me that I forget Bill's name, former baseball player and good friend of Nelly's. And, yeah, I wrote it, right. And, uh, and thank God he's recovering and from a serious little deal that I'm sure he talks about more than I will. Anyway, they're showing the 2005 game Brewers versus some team, but the, the current broadcasters are doing the game and it sounds just like they're there. And, and I've, I've texted, uh, Craig several times and, and, I'm trying to confirm that they were actually in the booth and their little new deal with their, you know, uh, spit controlled plexiglass and that they were watching the 2005 game doing the play by play, which if it was, they're actually doing a pretty, pretty good job. It didn't seem that much different than, uh, you know, than if it were actually a game going on. Yeah. I, I think you could do that. I, I mean, I think, uh, I, my personal experience, goes back to recreation days in, in the minor leagues in Oklahoma City. Um, gosh, I was 20 years old, and, and we did the home games live, and about half the road games were recreated, maybe more than that, yeah. which was a great experience for me because there weren't a lot of people doing recreations even that long ago. And then um, in uh, 1981, I guess, when we had the – the strike, I was with the Astros, and uh, Gene Elston and I uh, recreated a bunch of games. It was great. They they had some games in their archives going back to the Colt 45 days. Yeah. So they played some of those, Ken Johnson's no-hitter when he lost, and uh, Don Nottabart's no-hitter, things like that. Right. And then – Who uh, wouldn't remember Don Nottabart and his no-hitter? Well, there you go. Exactly. Uh, Colt 45 history, I love it. Yeah, and so we uh, we then recreated some of the uh, great games in baseball history. And so, uh, would you do the Scott? Would you do the broadcasts then over the uh, the video feed of these great games? Well, they didn't have video because this was on radio. So oh, wow. So we and and Gene anticipated as he he was as prepared as any living human. And he anticipated the potential of, of a strike and how we could keep a game on. And at that time, the internet wasn't everywhere where you could just go on and find things. So during our trips to New York, leading up to that work stoppage, he, he would go to the league office and, then, and he would either Xerox or in some cases hand copy um, the play-by-play Right. of the records that they had sure. there. Yeah. And, and so we had the, like the 1934 World Series Cardinals and Tigers when Ducky Medwick got removed from uh, left field because fans were throwing garbage at him and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. With that, we had uh, a bunch of just great games that we got to do, which was, you know, kind of an interesting experience. No kidding. Well, that's a lost art too. And I don't mean the art of recreating with the, uh, with the audio, 
uh, feed provided by talented Hall of Famers like yourself. Um, but I remember in the Tribune, they would have inning by inning, batter by batting. You know, Jim Lannis grounded out to the shortstop. Nellie Fox bunted down the third baseline for a hit. And so you could, uh, I suppose, live sure. that game without ever having seen it. And so um, I was wondering when you said you were recreating some of the games, what the, you know, if they were actually going on and you were doing it like Ronald Reagan did, uh, if there was a feed coming to you and then you'd give the Astro fans the the, uh, play-by-play or was it just looking at at, uh, old records? Yeah, we had had in front of us uh, what they had done. You know, you've seen like a little synopsis of a game. And and so that's what we did. Uh, We, uh, and the interesting thing about that, you know, there, there's always been this great controversy about whether Ruth really called his shot. Yeah. And against Charlie Root, who was the pitcher. And, and uh, you know, you, you could argue that he did not. You could argue that the Cubs were, were just riding him and he was riding them back and he was calling them cheap because, you know, they, they weren't all of that. They, they, he had a couple of buddies over there, and they weren't as generous on their World Series shares as he thought they should be. Yeah. So there was a lot of looking into the dugout, and pointing and over gesturing. there. Gesturing, yeah. yeah. And it was always Gene, who, who was a great student of the history of the game. He had significant doubts that he really called his shot. And, in fact, the newspaper accounts of that didn't show up until – a day or so later when it started to get a little momentum and Babe was going, well, sure, I called my shot. Didn't you see me? <laughs> so, you know, we, 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 we played it that way around, you know, whether he really called a shot. There was, because there was no dramatic moment when he stepped back, like with William Bendix as Babe Ruth, which Excellent. was a great, yeah. a great visual. Great but point. when – you know, where he stepped out and pointed. And the interesting thing about that, at least to me, is Gene spent time in the minor leagues uh, in Iowa uh, broadcasting out there. And Charlie Root was a, was a manager out there when he was broadcasting. Right. And, of course, Root always insisted that there was no point in going on. Yeah. I mean, to the day that he died, he said that absolutely did not happen. Did you save those recordings? They are, I, they are somewhere. Um, Bob Green was our engineer, and he saved all kinds of things. And he uh, he passed away a couple of years ago, which was a which was a significant loss. And and he lives across the state here in Florida, but those those escaped him somewhere and his wife one of the things that that we're staying in touch trying to track those down oh yeah those would be great yeah are they real to real or what was the recording device yeah i mean we just went in the studio it was what 1981 so there were you know cassettes yeah but i i mean a lot of stations use big reel to reel stuff you know yeah yeah back then too so cassettes and reel to reel. Yeah, you got to find those. That would be <laughs> that would be uh, spectacular. Well, over the, the, I mean, I know you've been doing such a 
great job for so many years. And I first mentioned 1988, and you were Hall of Fame at that time. In yeah, this, in this, you'll be there, buddy. In this, uh, you know, this little uh, respite from baseball, now that you're a week away, do you put on any game and start, there's a swing and a drive to left? I mean, do you do any of that? <laughs> get, do you warm up or are you going, hey, Uresky, dude, I'm like a veteran. I am polished. I don't need to practice. Yeah, well, here's to me, here's the thing. Um, you always want to be prepared. And so as as we sit here, um, and I've and I've done enough of this conversation and, and recently, you know, some others about uh the game and who's playing where and who's not playing. And uh, Chip Carey and I had a great conversation just a couple of days ago because we're going to play the Braves. And right. so I can give him a little update on, uh, on some of our guys. He can give me a, a little update on their guys. And so we've, we've done that kind of thing. And it's, so it's been my take that as long as you go in prepared, everything else is going to take care of itself. You know, we're, we sort of have a system the way we set up and, what you try to do. And at the end of the day, you, you know, you're trying to be a human being and humanize the game and pass that along to the viewer and listener and develop that kind of rapport and, uh, and bring them into the experience. And, and it's going to be, it will be such a unique experience. I'm, you know, I, I wish everything were normal, right. but it's going to be an interesting experience with nobody in the ballpark and some crowd noise and see how that works. I actually think that doing the games live at the ballpark with no fans has a chance to be a bigger challenge than doing it off monitors when the team's on the road. I think we can make all that work and we can put everything together, but the expectation when you're doing a game live uh, is the noise in the stands, the right. hum of the crowd, the ballpark, all, all of those sounds that go into making a ballpark experience what it is. And so that's going to be the interesting part. It is totally because uh, as a wannabe broadcaster for my entire life, I'd sit very rarely and not, not often enough. But once in a while, I do two or three innings trying to figure out how to hook a <laughs> a uh, a recording device up to some sort of microphone so I could like it's number one it's not that easy to do number two I always told myself well, you don't sound like Dwayne or like Euchre or like Vin Scully because there's no noise going on it's just you in your basement now sure. obviously yeah. not true but it's going to be interesting I want to hear your self-critique after a week or two of going back and listening to some of the broadcasts and I get MLB Network, so I'm going to be spying on you because they, you know, you could pretty much pick your, uh, you get the hometown feed on all those games. So that'll be You're always going to be in the back of my mind there, walking around inside my head, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to always be there, man. And, <laughs> and, you know, when you and Chip get together again, just send me a text and we can all Zoom together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. A great Cub broadcaster, Chip yeah, Carey. Oh, just, my goodness. Great. He's really, I think he's gotten better. I mean, yeah. when he was with the Cubs, uh, you know, I think 
he was good from the beginning. I mean, all you guys are in a, in a very select fraternity, but um, I've listened to him do some of the games recently. And uh, uh, I thought he was, I think he's gotten uh, much better and, and uh, you know, enjoyable to listen to. And, and yeah. so it's yeah. uh, it's, it's a cool, it's a cool trade, but I think you're right without the, uh, without the crowd. I mean, without the organ music, without the, whatever some teams use as fake music. You know, I don't know. And I'm, I'm, you know, there's so many things that are going to be going on during the course of the year. I hope, I hope on an off day, we can uh, maybe do a podcast. I'm sure <laughs> that's exactly what you want to do on an off day, but you know, will they get to the world series? Will the, um, you know, the testing get better? Will the results get quicker? Will um, they allow fans to come to the ballpark toward the end of the year? Um, those questions plus will more guys opt out? When a guy gets on the DL, is he going to like go, hey, you know what? I'm going to get paid now that I'm on the DL. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, to heck with it. There are going to be a lot of interesting uh, scenarios that hopefully we'll never have to deal with again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a unique time. There's no question about that. And every day is going to be uh, at least have a great chance that we'll find something that we've never encountered before. What and I'm sure you've talked with, uh, sure. with your manager. And uh, what's what's his latest take on coming out of the block? So it's basically a third of a season. The dog days are the opening days. And, you know, a, a, a workhorse of the staff is going to maybe get in 60 innings, 60 to 70 innings total. Yeah. Uh, unless you're, unless she, uh, James uh, Shields makes a comeback. <laughs> what uh, what's the strategy that you're getting from some of these? Uh, you know, it's going to be really interesting. I asked him the other day, um, you know, because pitching pitching's always the name of the game, and and it's really a big part of this team here. And I think I think Charlie Morton is a real key to this team, and and uh, you know they had had a little workout early, and so they were building guys up. And I asked him uh, early in the in this camp, this summer camp, you know. Where did he want to get his pitchers, his starters to in terms of innings, you know? And you might think, well, you know, four innings, five innings, and he's, right. think, and he's thinking five or six, which uh, is kind of interesting. Um, they, Glass now missed uh, a few days because – and he came out and said that he had tested positive, but it, it wasn't a, a major case and – he went through a couple of testings afterwards to make sure he was good. So he's only been back a couple of days. So I don't know what that does with him. You know, and you think of the three guys with Glass now and Snell and, and Charlie Morton being the key guys, but um, they're talking about, you know, maybe having five guys in the rotation is, was their initial plan. And they, they haven't made any real firm decision on that. But they've made, uh, you know, some uh, at least some overtures toward having uh, Yarbrough and and Chirinos be part of that. Although Chirinos is one of the guys they've had, uh, I think three or four other guys who have not been in camp on a, an everyday basis, and right. you know, and then they respect their privacy on that. So we can only, you know, and I'm we can only guess. But Chirinos is one guy who's had limited. Uh, summer camp time as well but they think they're deep enough and I really think that you know their versatility creates depth and on top of that 
even if they weren't as versatile as they are, this team has some depth. So they're they've kind of doubled down right. in the depth department. And and so the general idea was that that would help them in a long season because they were so versatile and had such depth. But I also think that it could help them in a 60-game season when everything is going to be intensified more. Every moment's going to be more important because you only have 60 games instead of 162. Right. And I think they might make more moves quicker than they would normally. And I think this team is situated, constructed in a way where they could they could do that as well. So I think the versatility will help them be as 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 deep and as versatile as they need to be as they try to win this thing. So uh, with my math, a healthy starter is going to get between eight and 11 starts. If he goes five or six innings, you know, we're talking 65 to 70 innings mm-hmm. when a Cy Young award, they had shut out everybody. Yeah. Uh, and I think the, the, you know, the Rays, you know, they're always in the top 10 with their pitching staff. They're always in the with starters and relievers. Who's the, who is the, Odds on favorite to be a little bit of a longer relief guy. I know you've got Oliver Drake. I'm looking at your depth chart. Yeah. And I'm not really sure. I, you know, Anderson's your closer, right? And yeah, Anderson was, was lights out. But here's the interesting thing about this, too. As lights out as Anderson was, they're, not, they're still not saying come, you know, high water and whatever else. You can say hell. It's okay. That, that's that he's the closer on an everyday basis. They could have somebody else close as well. So they're, they're still doing that. And, you know, they, they don't know. They have to find out which Jose Alvarado is going to show up. But what a big left-handed arm that is. And if, if the positive one shows up, you know, he, that's going to be pretty amazing. Um, uh, Castillo gives him great depth. Poche. Uh, you know, he's got the high fastball that has right. life on it. And I think they'd like to see him throw the slider a little bit more. That was one of the things they had talked about in spring training and now in summer camp. And if he can do that, I mean, they're going to have great versatility to match up. Um, and, you know, recently in, in this, these camps, um, Aaron Loop, remember him, the lefty that the, that the uh, Blue Jays had? Right. And then he had some physical problems. He was in camp trying to trying to make a, a spot for himself. And he's getting some serious consideration, too. They so, love yeah. all of those, you know, all of those potential matchups. They love all that. And you got 60 guys now, basically, on your taxi squad, your, your 40-man roster, your 30-man active roster, down to 28, down to 26 as the season progresses. But – you know, the interesting thing about the Rays this year is this is – now, you may have a totally different opinion, and I'd value your opinion over mine. My belief and thought and recollection is the Rays have never gotten this kind of good preseason press before. It's always the Yankees, the Red Sox, maybe the Blue Jays are going to do it. The Orioles suck and ought to be thrown out of baseball. And then you got the Rays, who nobody – you know, their payroll is right there with the A's and the Rays, and yet – bang for your buck, wins per dollar. Damn, if the Rays aren't always in the hunt. This year is the first year I'm hearing, you know, the Rays have a chance to, you know, 
take the division, let alone get a wild card. So it's going to be interesting to see how they perform when, you know, get, I don't know if it's a 60 games or if it's what, but people are talking about the Rays. And so uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they ain't gonna, they're not going to sneak up on anybody. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, I, I do think, um, you know, Adamas made tremendous strides last year. Over the last three, four months, uh, he made himself an outstanding shortstop. He developed yeah. to the point where he's a young guy, got a little pop in that bat, and he's great enthusiasm. But he really made himself an outstanding shortstop, and I, I think he's going to continue to be a key um, I, I said the other day with uh, uh, Yoshitomo uh, Satsugo, um, it'll be interesting to see how his bat translates here. Right. And, and he, in the handful of games that they had in spring training, and since he's been back, uh, the ball does jump off his bat. He's shown power to all fields. Now, how that how – that, uh, transfers over here we'll see but if he does you know that gives them another big bat and and i really like uh, renfro i like that, hunter renfro i like that, that signal y'all heard was somebody telling Dwayne that he's got more important business than really. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding I, I have no idea but that that you know sometimes you know, when I do it outside, I have flies, I have mosquitoes, boats going by, but uh, you never know on the lighter side of baseball. Our That's right. Somebody went to sleep. Yeah. I, will I like Renfro for his power, and I like him in the outfield, too. He's going to make the outfield even better. Who's the the catcher? Because if it's on the depth chart that I'm looking at, Mike uh, Mike Zanino. Zanino. See the yeah. real deal? Well, Zanino does a great job behind the plate, and catching and hitting's always been his issue. You know, he has, he has some pops in that bat, but the question, the legitimate question is, will he be able to hit enough uh, so that you can get him in the lineup? And, you, you know, you never want to give away some offense, particularly, I think, in the American League. And, and this year, you know, you're going to try to load up with, with as much offense, actually in both leagues, right. the DH, as you can. Um, but he is outstanding behind the plate. And uh, Perez, Michael Perez, would at least at the opening of camp, would have the, uh, the inside track on being the backup guy. Uh, Zanino's a right-handed hitter. Perez can give him some uh, uh, offense from the left side and does a nice job. I think there was some concern about wear and tear on him. He's not a gigantic guy, and so they were concerned about you know, could he play every day? But with that matchup back there, I, I think you'll right. see. I think you'll see a combination of people behind the plate. Well, it's obvious that you have done more uh, in the last few weeks than watch how much people can sell their junk for on TV. <laughs> uh, we covered that in our uh, production meeting today, folks. <laughs> Not to mystify everybody, but obviously, Dwayne's in midseason form. Are you? Uh, how are your emotions about getting to the ballpark on, I think you guys open up on the 24th? Fourth, I think, yeah. Against the Blue Jays. You have yeah. the easiest schedule in baseball, I think, except. There's a, there's a run down the middle that's going to be tough on the road. And 
you draw the uh, um, National League East. Yeah. I mean, there's not a there is not a laydown team in that in that group. Um, it's going to be fun to see how you match up against. You know, you play the Phillies the last series of the year. You uh, play the. Um, uh, you know, you got the. Uh, oh, the Nationals, and you've got yeah. the. Uh, I think the, the, Mar- the I think the Marlins are going to be a much improved team. I, yeah, you know they're going to be they're going to be good enough to you know to break your heart sometime. Yeah, probably. Well, I mean, they're going to get up. Boy, nobody's picking the Cubs. My poor Cubs. It's like <laughs> you know, if they had a top thirty, they probably have a hard time breaking into that. I mean, and they're only you know thirty teams till expansion. I think. Uh, I, boy, oh boy, it's going to be interesting to see how Ross does and if Brian plays. He's got an opt-out where he gets paid, you know, because he's a cancer survivor, mm-hmm. which is uh, – I, I think he'll play. And I think um, it seems like they enjoyed Baez, Brian, uh, and, uh, and and Rizzo. Rizzo's the guy with the opt-out, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's yeah. Late, it's late in the day, and I've only eaten four meals so far. But <laughs> what when you're – going to go to the ballpark i mean is that's even though there are no fans to say hello hey Dwayne, good to see you how are you doing man it's still got to be an adrenaline high next thursday for you i'm just betting yeah there you know i here's the thing people ask you you know you've, you've done the game so long you've done all these games it's still the same and uh, there's nothing quite like when you when you sit down to begin a game and the game starts and you get into that rhythm and that flow of the game itself and the broadcast. It's a, it's a great little place to be that I still like, you know, there are a lot of things about it that people complain, you know, travel, of course, we're not doing that. And now it's going to be, it's going to be different. There'll be some challenge in, in this thing, but at the end of the day, it's, it's about, I, I think it's about, about transferring the feeling that you have for the game uh, somehow through that microphone and, and the camera and having the conversation with Brian Anderson. And of course, right. Brian always has something to say, which yeah. is great for a play-by-play guy. You know, I, 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 we have over the years developed to a point where he has no question about coming to me and asking me anything on or off the air. And I kind of feel the same way about him. I, he's prepared. He's ready. And he's going to have something either germane, and if it's not, then it'll be funny. Yeah. So, well, you guys are working. You know, you don't have to get used to working together, and that's a nice thing. You know, people have said, and I agree. You know, whether you keep score at the game, or you broadcast the game, or you're a big fan of the game and you follow it pretty closely. The great thing about baseball, different from every other sport, is you never know when the key play the key pitch is going to come it's a story that's unfolding and every scorecard's telling a different story every game's different and you're the guy that eloquently paints that picture which you do I mean you know you have probably uh you know 190 to 250 pitches from both both teams and yet the highlights are few and far between but you have to depict the highlight every bit as brilliantly as a ground ball to short. Um, and that's a credit credit to you and, and others in your, uh, in your fraternity. And I, 
I, I don't have to kiss his ass, folks, because I've known him a long time. And uh, he knows that, uh, you know, there are broadcasters that suck. There are broadcasters that are great, and you're one of them. And, and I'm happy hey. to uh, call you a friend and have been able to kill some of the, the uh, uh, horrendous moments that uh, uh, folks in our country are going through with this coronavirus by talking to you from time to time and, uh, you know, talking mostly baseball but uh, visiting about other stuff. It's just great. And for those people who listen, they love hearing your voice, and, uh, and so do I. So it's been fun. We're not wrapping this up quite yet, so don't feel like that was my closing argument. Oh, wow. I, yeah, I was getting ready to just push the chair back and uh, put my feet up. <laughs> no, I want to know if you think there will be a World Series. Well, I'm, I'm going to say yes. I, you know, I, I mean, we, I, I think every day we get up and we go, is this going to be a good day? And you go, yes. Uh, so it's worth getting up. So I, I think yes. Less, less, if we're going to start this thing and go through 60 games and – do everything that we need to do, then I'm, I'm looking toward the World Series. And, I, and here's the deal. I, at some point, we've all been in this pandemic and the COVID-19 and all that, and, and you know we've been touched in various levels. Fortunately, there are a lot of people who it's been very mild, and that's been great. And I, I think that it, uh, at some point, you know, we're, we're going to get through the dark tunnel and see the sunlight again. And, and let's hope that uh, this process of 60 games leading to a World Series is part of seeing that sunlight. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think they will. I think that um, there are going to be some bumps along the way. And, uh, and why wouldn't there be, given this novel virus that we uh, seem to not be able to get rid of until we get a vaccine? I also believe there'll be a vaccine before spring training next year and the vaccine will be successful. So why wouldn't you believe it? I'm not a scientist. I have no idea in the world. I just have faith that that's going to happen. Um, more faith than that, that, uh, uh, we'll get a vaccine that I have in the fact that baseball wake up and instead of going to all leagues, both leagues having a DH, I vote for both leagues going back to the pitcher batting. And, you know, if the union wants two more guys on the roster permanently, so be it. It speeds up the game. If nothing else, yes, it speeds. You know, we don't like to see pitchers strike out. So what? Yeah. I, I'm a big believer in speeding up the game any way yeah. you can. And, and it brings the bunt back. It brings the hit and run back, and all it's of that. Baseball. And, and I think I think at the end of the day, we're going to need that. I think we. That's what we should be selling. And and I think if if we don't, we're missing a big part of the game to sell. Well, and that's, that's marketable to me. That you, you, that I totally agree with you. You and I have never really talked about that. Um, I think that we are in the deep, deep, deep minority that people think that everybody just wants to see home runs. And I just disagree. I, I you know, I'd love to have Joe Madden. I didn't agree with what he did most of the time, but you know, he's got the hat on and I don't. What yeah. a great manager. And, and, um, you know, a student of the game and, and both in, you know, he was a, uh, a trendsetter in, in the American league with the Rays and he did the same thing with the Cubs. And I, if the Cubs don't win the world series and the Rays don't win the world series, I hope the angels win the world series. I think that would be cool for Madden trout and everybody else. But, uh, yeah, it's just such a great sport. Um, 
since we're on the same wavelength on the DHs, how do you feel about starting a guy at second base in the 10th inning? <laughs> yeah, I don't like that either. God, uh, love you. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't know why we have guys who come up with these ideas and think they're geniuses for doing it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, they, they have taken various dimensions of the game out of it by turning it into a home run strikeout event. Right. And, and number one, you really limit the appeal at one point, you know, it was, it was, it was a great game because anybody could play it. You know, you could be 250 pounds and muscle bound and you could find a way to be in the lineup and they try to, stick you someplace where they didn't think, you know, you were going to hurt the team defensively. And then you had a little guy weighed 140 pounds and you could find a place where he could help you. And and all of those guys in between, and that's leaving the game. And I I think it needs that broad based appeal. I mean, not everybody wants to be hit over the head, you know, with, uh, with, drums and music and home runs and strikeouts uh, you know, we'll sell all that but let's sell all the other things too I, yeah. I, whatever like, happened to variety is the spice of life and the game has less variety now than i think maybe it's ever had well how about you don't get to have walk-up music until you have a hit in the game you oh know, there ought to be some, my, yeah oh. my theory is this unless you're hitting at least 270 you're not allowed a walk-up song. Oh, God love you. Well, we're, really? on a, we're on a roll. What do you think about the shift <laughs> and guys, you know, playing <laughs> off the infield dirt? What do you think about that? <laughs> well, here's the deal. See, I don't mind the shifts. Oh. I don't mind the shifts. And, and, and the only reason that they drive people crazy is because the game lacks dimension. Right. And so, you know, you got a guy up there now who's either going to strike out or try to hit it 500 feet because he doesn't want to hit into the shift. And if he basically, if he miss hits a ball and hits it on the ground, there'll be a guy in short right field who will throw him out. So you okay. believe. Good. You a, know? a skillful Nelly Fox hitter would beat the shift every time. Yeah. Ed Williams would beat the shift every time. Yeah. And so that's your point. I disagree with it. Finally, we found, I, I think, <laughs> Put all four infielders on the dirt. Let's get back to the game. I mean, if you want to see the floater, go watch a a 10-man softball game. That It just kills me, and mainly because my teams are too headstrong. They they just – you know, there ought to be a way to defeat the analytics that that has crept – not crept, that has, you know, come onto the scene. And, uh, God, I just – you know, I just – the shift is just – I don't yeah. know. That's about and, and if question. you had more variety of, of skill in the game, you'd have guys who beat the ship right. as well, and that would be they would have some value. But they they'll take they'll take two hundred strikeouts if a guy could hit thirty or forty home runs now. Right. Okay. Yeah, and it's crazy. Yeah. Um, and I think that I don't know if that's the Caribbean baseball influence or Japanese, but they, there's a lot of stuff going on that Bob Gibson wouldn't have tolerated or that early win wouldn't have, wouldn't have believed in. Would that be great? Wouldn't you love to see Bob Gibson? And I mean, in, in the middle of the infield now, 
facing these guys. Oh, it would be great. I tell you what, the Astros wouldn't show up for the game. No. I'm telling you, they're they would say, you know, we're going to file an appeal, we're going to protest, we're going to file a grievance. <laughs> um, you know, I saw where they the Major League Player Association hired a lawyer to file a grievance. I wish they'd just get back to. You know, get as I think you and I talked about, but get Bud Selig back in there and talk to Donald Fear and let's let's get a ten year agreement. These yeah. guys are all making a lot of money. Nice and uh, so we got the uh, the guy on second. Why not start him at third? I mean, why why'd they pick second? And <laughs> uh, you know, do you get to put in a pinch runner at the beginning or does the guy that made the last out have to go out there? I guess you add yeah. a that yeah, guy, uh, yeah, he, he's got to be the guy who goes out there. Yeah, so the Royals had Terrence Gore. I think they finally traded him because the uh, poor kid never – he just was a designated <laughs> runner. Um, the other maddening thing, so I get a note from – this is off the track, but I get a, uh, a note from the Royals and the Cubs saying, um, you know, Major League Baseball has authorized us to tell you that for the rest of the year, your tickets are no longer good. And you can, the Royals didn't say I could get a refund. The Cubs sort of said that I could get a refund or a credit for next year. So I wrote back and I said, well, you know, I'm hearing that people can maybe go to a game. And if so, I, I would wear a mask and risk uh, going to a game, socially distancing if the, if it was safe and they go, well, you know, we haven't decided. Baseball hasn't decided. It probably won't happen. But if if you can, great. I said, so do I get my seat? They go, no, 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 no. You're gonna have to. <laughs> you're gonna have to buy a seat in the left field bleachers or something. I'm going, unfreaking believable. But I don't think well, fans will get. Well, that. hey, we all have to make sacrifices. We do. And again, my offer continues to you, buddy. I am ready to be your valet now. Having to stay in Tampa kind of limits my mobility. I was hoping trips to Chicago, <laughs> trips to Philadelphia, New yeah, York. Uh, maybe yeah, I next don't know, year. buddy. You know, maybe next year. <laughs> I'm telling you, you can just put my application in the same spot and look at it every every year. <laughs> All right, buddy. I'm going to let you go. It's uh, it's been a great way for uh, for me to uh, not only shoot the breeze with you uh, on a couple of occasions but catch up on baseball catch up on you and your wife and uh and gary puck at the union gap but also you know i hope to uh, catch up in the season and get a half an hour of your time i know you get really busy but uh, uh, it'll be fun sure keep, keep in mind and we won't get to go have dinner in chicago i guess because uh you're not going to play any chicago team that's true till the Absolutely. world series and, we're not, and we wouldn't go to Chicago if we did. And no runner on second base in the World Series. <laughs> God love you. All right, Dwayne. Okay, have man. A, have a great week. Stay safe. Stay healthy. All right. And I look forward to hearing you on TV. And I'm going right. to bug you to do another podcast during the season, man. You got it. You got it. All Take right. care of yourself. You're Enjoy the best. It. All right. <laughs>